Everything Elite, the world's best podcast devoted exclusively to all elite wrestling and the elite extended universe. I'm Aaron Bentley, and I am joined, as always, by my good friend, Nate, a.k.a. Epitasis. What's up, Nate? Hello, Aaron, and everything elite universe. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm getting into lamps lately. That's what's up, I guess. Big lamp head. What has started your your entrance into the world of lamps? So I've had these lamps, um, and they don't really match like the rest of my bedroom set. They're kind of like a... uh, like a, a purple almost it had sort of like a, uh, I don't know, a, a freckled kind of pattern on them. And I just wasn't satisfied with the way they were matching my decor. I don't know if you know, I'm getting into masculinity lately. That's something I decided. Huh? Yeah. So I, I painted them like black and silver now, extremely masculine lamps. So that's all. It's a little okay. uh, home improvement project. I was out on my balcony spray painting some lamps. That sounds very home improvement project. That's about as projecty as I get. Okay. Well, I'm sure there'll be much more opportunities to talk about lamps on this show. But we're also joined by my other good friend. It's Mike Spears. What's up, Mike? Hey, y'all. It's your old pal, Iron Mike Spears. I'm doing pretty well. You know, it's almost that time. I, it's kind of wild to think that's upon us. But, you know, I'm stoked. You know, this is the last episode before weekly TV, so I'm Looking forward to getting into this. And then, you know, it's a brave new world next Wednesday, boys. Are, are you all ready for it? I know, I know, Nate, you're kind of anti-old wrestling. Old wrestling. You like to just watch vlogs and just consume content. Are you are you prepared to have to watch two hours of TV? Um, not really, no. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're going we're gonna to see how that goes. You know, at least, uh, at least I'm not also like watching NXT. That would suck. Yeah, I, I just can't imagine, like, I saw on Twitter, like, the schedules post up, like, Amy, did you see the, I think it was the independent wrestling.tv account put up these, like, schedules that's, like, every night has wrestling, and then I guess uh, Impact is moving back to Tuesdays, and I just, like, looked at it, and it gave me, like, almost, like, a stress headache. Like, did you, are, are you going to expand your weekly wrestling watching only to anything else, or are you going to stick it to just AEW Dynamite? Gonna do Monday stardom, right? Tuesday stardom, okay. Wednesday AEW, Thursday Sendai Girls. You have some variety there. Exactly. Friday, take the night off. You know, treat it, yourself, yeah. just treat yourself. Yeah, e- evening yeah. for you and you and SP. I don't. That's right. You. That's right. Hey, so um, did, did did I get was my stardom prediction correct? I think you were right, bud. Yeah, I think I was the. I think I'm the stardom predictor oh, champion I, on this podcast. I I know, but I also don't know. So, yeah, uh, I fucking asked in the DM if everybody was caught up, <laughs> and I said no. I because... thought it was just Taub. No, I haven't watched anything from the last show yet, but I already know uh, that spoiler alert: uh, Hana wins, right? Yeah. So I think I'm so, the yes. new uh, Joshi master of the pod. Yeah, you, are. you are. Nice. Uh, there's something that production dork Mike Spears had that really bugs me about the show because I know you've not watched any of it, AB, yet. No, I, I have seen that they were trying out some new camera angles, and apparently the cameras were bad. It's not the camera angles. They basically have two cameras, their hard cam and their one floor cam. They're that the right. exact same, like exact same setup, same quality. And then they bought a new camera, and they didn't like calibrate it, 
So it's very jarring for, about right. for, I guess it's whenever Sonny was editing, like just cutting in and it's a higher resolution camera too. So it's just very jarring. But the thing that really gets me is they did not white balance and color correct it. To uh, how come on, got a white balance. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, even Gabe Sapolsky will hold up the damn towel at the beginning of the right. show. I'm a huge fan. I've, I've tried to get white balance chance started when people bring out the towel before an indie show. Never <laughs> take. You get, I mean, Ring of Honor, you get like the fucking hacky uh, two sweep chant every time. They always chant for the sweepers. It's like the most over thing on every Ring of Honor show. No one will ever get behind a white balance chant. Well, they just put up the final match this morning, I believe. So I plan, well, I've got to go to a wedding this weekend, but hopefully ASAP, I will catch uh, the 922 show. Oh, yeah. They also now have entrance videos. But their entrance videos in the same way that NXT used to use Adobe Premiere settings and After Effects to just display the name. So it's very jarring. Oh. It's a very jarring uh, five-star Grand Prix final. Well, folks, shockingly, this is not everything stardom. Uh, though, you know, we'll see how this whole TV thing goes. But we're going to talk more about the TV. The debut is here, as, as Mike said. We've done 39 episodes before TV starts. But it's coming up. We're going to talk about, there's a lot of news about the uh, AEW TV deal in the UK. A lot of talk about that over the past couple of days. We'll get on that. There's a lot more little stuff here and there, but those are the main things we're going to talk about. Nate's going to run down BTE. Before we get into that, make sure you're following us on Twitter at everything AEW. You can find me at Aaron like the car. Nate is at Epitasis. Mike is at Fuji. Heya, that's Fuji with two eyes, like Don Fuji. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. You're getting these episodes as soon as they come out. It's going to be even more exciting now with uh, TV coming at you every week. So make sure you're getting these ASAP. If you're on the podcast app, Give us a five-star rating and a review. We would appreciate it. And if you want to help out the podcast, sponsor the podcast, you can go to redcircle.com slash shows slash everything dash elite. Click on sponsor this podcast, or you can make a one-time sponsorship or a recurring monthly sponsorship. Uh, it's not a Patreon. We're not giving you anything in, in uh, return for this, but we'll just appreciate it, you know. Okay, well, let's get into it. So... This show, I don't know how much it's going to change, but it's going to be a little different in that each week we're going to have a wrestling show to talk about. So getting into that era of the show, I kind of wanted to talk about what kind of weekly wrestling we've watched, we've enjoyed, kind of what does this have to have for us to uh, appreciate it, enjoy it, and what stuff is going to really turn us off. So I wanted to kind of set those those expectations at the beginning. So the first question I wanted to pose to everybody, I'll start with you, Nate, your favorite weekly wrestling show of all time. What is it? Uh, it's WCW Nitro, Aaron. Okay. Were you, when were you watching Nitro? I mean, the whole Monday night war before that. Yes. Um, I guess really the Monday night war, probably my earliest memories were probably like the lead up to the sting Hogan Starcade match. Um, if I had to guess at that. Um, but yeah, as I previously mentioned, I was not allowed to watch wrestling. I did watch wrestling because uh, I did have a television in my bedroom as a child. Uh, so I would lock the doors and turn the volume down <laughs> so you could barely hear the people screaming and shit. Uh, but yeah, WCW Nitro um, and, and, you know, Nitro was always better. 
I've been pushing that for a while now. So the closer this is to classic Nitro and the further it is from current WWE, the happier I'll be. Well, what about Nitro? You know, looking back now, what about it stuck out to you, made you think it was better than Raw? Or just like, what did you mostly enjoy about it? Uh, you know, really, I think the presentation, it kind of had a slicker presentation. Um, like now the WWE is kind of overproduced and over slick. Um, like I mentioned last week, it's all bright primary colors and super shiny screens and all this shit. So, you know, we're, we, at some point we have to have a reaction back from that. But um, and of course, it's also all through like a, uh, a rose covered, rose covered, rose colored glasses. Um, I've had one beer, folks. Give me a break. Um, but just the, you know, the atmosphere of it and the uh, sort of, you know, arena with people spilling on top of each other and the bright lights and, uh, you know, it just had a more lively sort of atmosphere in that period when it was really hot. And um, it, it kind of took itself a little more seriously. And, but, uh, you know, and, and until Russo came in and didn't have that, you know, goofy undertaker and Kane vibes of WWE raw. So, um, yeah, you know, don't, don't really have a clear, uh, uh, fucking statement on <laughs> why I prefer nitro. It's, it's probably all really nostalgia for what we've lost and how wrestling has changed in the meantime. But, uh, yeah, I was always a nitro guy. All right, Mike, what do you got? Favorite weekly wrestling of all time. Jeez. I spent all day thinking about this. Because... I did not. <laughs> I, I, uh, really? really? Yeah, bit, big shocker there. Um, so <laughs> I'm not going to do a cop-out answer and say Dragon Gate Infinity, because that's the one you expect me to say, because that was Dragon Gate's old TV thing. and Ophelia. I'm not going to do what everybody thinks I'm going to do. That's what my but guess. actually, my favorite, now that like when I like, I will go nostalgia here, was ECW Hardcore TV. Like, I... My parents had the satellite dish that got all the different channels if you like looked in the right time and you're okay to do that. And I just remember myself as a teenager just turning on to like the, the very like obscure, like it wasn't even like like the Sunshine Network or like MGN, not MGM, MSG Network. It was just like the, whatever was the cable providers, like auxiliary like buys and watching hardcore TV, like 98, 99, Maybe a little bit. It was, I didn't start watching the wrestling at eight ninety eight, but it was just was such a different thing from. Like, I was already watching Raw at that time. I think that I've already said that the Spears household was a WWF household, though I've grown to like WCW more now in retrospect. But when you're twelve and thirteen years old and you're watching something like hardcore TV, it is just so different from everything else because they would tape so many shows at the ECW arena. Or at like the Elks Clubs in Queens. Like, do you remember the like that venue, which was like a real genuine like shithole of a venue? But it just felt so different. And I liked it so much. And it's just different kind of characters. It was like back when people actually thought Taz was a believable monster. Like him cutting promos in Red Hook with like just a single camera with a flashlight basically as the key light on him. It just was such a different thing. And I guess that's kind of what I'm hoping for out of dynamite like not necessarily as low rent and how on the cheap as hardcore tv was but something that just is completely different than how wwe has been dominating the uh, wrestling television for the last 20 years and how everyone's tried to copy i mean even ring of honor in some ways 
their TV got to a point where it was like that, with the exception of Lucha Underground. I'm just hoping for something just different and different with how they portray it and different with like, okay, if they're going to do backstage interviews, how are they going to do backstage interviews? If they're going to be doing like throwing to like video packages, how are they going to do the video packages? Like I'm interested in that aspect and just, I, I feel like we get, we probably have a handle of how it, it will look like on TV through the shows before, but I'm more interested in how they're going to like tie it all together in a weekly TV show. So yeah, kind of went on a rant there. I apologize, but hardcore TV was my favorite one. What was yours, Aaron? It, it made more sense than my rant. So, <laughs> well, but, I mean, I think what you're both saying is like WWF was the dominant product and you were both looking for something that was different from WWF. Sure. Yeah. Largely accurate. Uh, mine is not really the same because when this TV was on, I was just trying to consume all all wrestling that I could find. But my favorite weekly wrestling is Smoky Mountain Wrestling Television. Uh, I watched that as a very young kid, and I've gone back and watched a lot of it, and it absolutely holds up. It's great. It's a great show. It's like I thought of this as uh, as Nate was saying about uh, nostalgia and how that is kind of influencing your your answer here. But like the tagline for Smoky Mountain was, and I'll probably get this wrong, but it's something like wrestling the way you remember it and the way it ought to be. And that's like kind of what AEW is going for, right? It's like, this is what wrestling uh, is supposed to have been or it's what it's like when we were growing up. And that's how I look back on Smoky Mountain. Because, I mean, that's when I fell in love problematically, if that's a word, with Tracy Smothers. You know, he was like the top baby face in the territory when I was watching. Uh, but I also saw guys like Rock and Roll Express come through. And uh, a lot of later, you know, you had the gangsters and that kind of stuff. But that was later in the in the promotion. So just good TV that made sense on a weekly basis. Like they were very simple stories. It paid off. Each episode had some sort of payoff. So it wasn't like I had to build up for, you know, three months to see the payoff to some angle. I would get a payoff every week. The Now that you did have your uh, your authority figure, but it was, he just kind of came out and made matches and it all made sense, you know? And so I guess just what I'm getting at is I hope for simplicity in dynamite. I hope it is a easy to follow show that a, I don't have to have watched every single episode ever to understand what's going on and B that I want to get payoffs on a regular basis so that each episode feels satisfying. Because when I think about wrestling that I've watched recently, weekly wrestling I've watched recently, which is something else I wanted to discuss, I guess NXT has to be the one I've watched most recently. And I got into that when the takeovers were starting and I followed it for a while after that. And that was the draw of NXT was it was very simple on a week to week basis. The storylines were uh, straightforward and effective and they always seem to build to the right crescendo. But where they went wrong, at least for me, was that it got to be uh, boring on a week-to-week basis. I mean, it got to where it's just like I would wait a few days and then I'd be like, oh, God, I'm three episodes behind. And it's like, oh, yeah, I just don't care about this anymore. So you have to be simple, but at the same time being compelling enough that uh, everybody wants to find out what's going to happen on the next episode. Yeah, a big thing for me is really just like successfully told stories and their uh, competency with um, you know, uh, leading the viewer along to understand what the story is and, and, uh, and successfully communicating it so that they get the desired payoff. That's really like 
I don't really have like wrestlers or certain things that I'm like such a huge fan of that it's like, oh, I, I really care that this guy wins the title. Like that doesn't really matter to me. It doesn't really matter if um, you know, uh uh Kota Ibushi wins the belt at the Tokyo Dome, even though I really like Kota Ibushi, like, you know, fundamentally it's like not a real belt. It's like a little it's a nice moment for him and everything, and you get that satisfaction, but it's like you know, kind of fake. <laughs> uh, I, I just appreciate if they're able to successfully tell the story. That's like really all I care about. Like, uh, you know, Kenny Omega winning the IWGP heavyweight title was a great capstone to like a, you know, uh, a two year story on top of a 10 year story. And that's why it was so satisfying. Cause it was like, Oh, you know, we're, we're watching this character develop or watching his relationships with other characters develop. Um, we're able to understand, uh, where he stands in relationship to Okada and what it means to this character versus what it means to the other character. And it's like, when it finally happens, you get the full payoff of the story that they were telling. And that's like, oh, that's what I want from wrestling. And that's really, again, it's like, there was a time where I was super invested in particular guys being well pushed. And I, like, I would give a fuck if Dolph Ziggler won matches or something, but which is embarrassing to say, but it's like, now, now it's just like, what the WWE does not do at all is fucking tell logical stories that proceed with a beginning middle and end so i'm looking for a wrestling promotion that's able to tell stories of the beginning middle and end even more so i just want a show that's not going to waste my time like when it, the last time that i really watched dedicated weekly wrestling was when lucha underground was still before it completely went off the rails like that was on and I was one of the few places that got El Rey Network when I had cable and then I also live in an area that at least at the time it's not as much of a case so had the uh, had a Sinclair affiliate sadly but that also meant I had ROH that I could DVR and do there so I would be okay with like taking like a Sunday afternoon if I wasn't doing anything and just booting up the backlog and going through these shows but it got to a point where I felt like my time was being wasted actively watching these shows. And I started doing like chores around my house, chores around my apartment at that time. And it got to a point where I was like, oh, I'm going to start doing my laundry while watching these shows. And I started ironing, like making sure that like, my shirts were all pressed and that I didn't have any wrinkles and make sure that there was like a single good crease on my pants. And it just kind of became a thing where all I, the only time I'd watch these weekly TV shows, other than, at the time, I was really more into New Japan and, of course, always following Dragon System stuff. Like, I felt like that these shows were such a waste of time. It could have been anything on the screen, but I still had these shows in my DVR to watch. And my big thing here is, like Nate said about, like, Kota, there's, like, with Kota Ibushi being, like, a big fan of Kota Ibushi, but not, like, really, like, being invested in that. The, the guys I'm most into so far at this point in All Elite are Pac, who... They say he's going to be a big featured person, but I'll believe it when I see it. And the Stronghearts guys, and the Stronghearts guys, who knows when they'll be back. So I, I'm really like looking for a TV show that for two hours on Wednesday night, it's just not going to waste my time. Because I feel like that so many of these shows, like, and that's not even getting into the WWE system of shows, ended up just wasting your time. And I just wish to have like a wrestling show that values my time. And that's a big hope as well. You know what else I think is a waste of time? What's Comic that? movies. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I haven't seen a comic book movie since Deadpool 2. Uh, I think they're <laughs> all a waste of time, at least a waste of my time. But you sure. know what I'm interested in? 
Who's gonna play Grand Lantern? Grand. Mm-hmm. Oh, who's ooh, gonna play mm. Green Lantern? Oh my god! In the upcoming movie. Grand <laughs> Grand Lantern. That sounds like a Chikara character. Grand <laughs> so uh, you were so you were so you built you were ready to do that segue for so long. You obviously pre pre planned it. Well, just a huge huge botch on the execution. Yeah. Well, here's what I did. I I had three separate ones planned, and I was waiting to see which one was gonna. Uh, pan out and i thought this one had but it failed but we're gonna do it anyway so (laughs) (laughs) if you like me have been wondering who is gonna be the green lantern in the upcoming movie you can make a bet on that at mybookie.ag we're gonna talk a little bit about mybookie.ag do they have options on on the green lantern bet they do MyBookie.ag, you play, you win, you get paid. Don't worry, we're going to give you the Cousin Weed Mouse Lock of the Week. That's coming up. But first, I got to talk about these Green Lantern odds. So, all right. Do either of you all have an opinion, or like, is there, uh, is yes. it in the zeitgeist out there of who is going to play the Green Lantern? Yes, because I used to be a big Green Lantern fan growing up. Okay, well, who's the favorite in your mind? Well, I'm right now looking at MyBookie.ag on Damn it. all the candidates here. Oh, I have this thing pulled up in advance because I always look to see if there's going to be any good esports team so I can play esports team, get the game esports team or not with you, Aaron. Like, I have to do my prep work, too. I did my own pre-pro. I'm looking at this, and you know who I really like on this list for plus 500? That's Idris Elba, and he could play Jon Stewart, who, you know, for when I was reading Green Lantern and really got into it, Jon Stewart was the, uh, was the Green Lantern because Hal Gordon or Hal Jordan was doing like game crazy stuff like it Ildris Elba would be a really strong one here especially in comparison to a lot of the other people here uh how about you present this to Nate because since I kind of blew the landing on that one let's see who Nate might think might be Green Lantern Nate, Nate any think- I'm sorry any thoughts on who might play the Green Lantern yeah, you, you got to give me the options I don't know the I don't follow the discourse whatsoever <laughs> and I, okay. I don't I see the Marvel movies I don't see the DC movies okay the favorite to play the Green Lantern this surprised me Tom Cruise See, I, think, I think both him and Idris are too old. Oh, okay. What do you think about Common as the Green Lantern? <laughs> That'd be really funny. He does have the look. He definitely has the Green Lantern look. Right. Um, he's second here at plus yeah. 200. Um, but, uh, he's like awkward to watch and everything he does. Um, <laughs> so I think that'd be a bad call. But like all the DC movies are terrible anyway. So. Uh, especially Batman versus Superman. Um, if any, if, if if you know, that because that's a Jack Allison, I guess. Um, well, they, terrible they movie. Listed, uh, Bradley Cooper, Joel oh, McHale, Alex O'Loughlin, Jake Gyllenhaal, and Army Hammer. Okay, of those, that Army Hammer, I guess. I don't know who Alex O'Loughlin is. Now I have no idea. Uh, they, they apparently aren't that confident in these options because they've listed the field at plus 300 so that's probably the wise bet to be honest is a hot young unknown who they're going to uh you know backdoor pilot in another shitty dc movie and then try to build a franchise on well of course most people go to mybookie.ag to bet on football and a lot of them on the nfl so of course we got some of that and if you're going to bet on football this season you should bet with my bookie we do mike and i are betting on my bookie so join us uh, you, if you use the promo code Elite, you can double your first deposit. So you deposit 100 bucks, you'll get a free 100 bucks just by typing in the promo code Elite. All right, now here's the most famous part of this ad read: the cousin Weed Mouse 
lock of the week. You can find him on Twitter at weed underscore mouse. I mean, it's self-explanatory, folks. <laughs> the picks are 2-0. and oh. And this week he's giving you the Kansas City Chiefs given seven points at the Detroit Lions. So mark it down and uh, just count the money. I mean, I was watching that Miami versus Central Michigan game last week, and he was right. And it was the worst Miami football game I've watched since the loss to Clemson that was 58-0. And they won the game. So Cousin Weed Mouse knows what's up. I mean, he's 2-0 and on the season. We've got to keep with our good cousin Weed Mouse. That's right. We'll also give you the Everything Elite Lock of the Week, which is 1-1 one one so far. It's the Jacksonville Jaguars, folks, plus 100 at Denver. Uh, make sure you jump on board and uh, see if we can get to 2-1 and one this week. All right. Make sure uh, if you're going to bet on the Cousin We Bounce Lock of the Week or the Everything Elite Lock of the Week, do it at mybookie.ag today where you play, you win, you get paid. All right. Let's talk about the TV a little. Here's what I want to do. I want to run down the card for the first show, and I want to weave in the Road to AW on TNT episode four just because it all kind of goes together. So that's what I'm going to do. So I'll get your all's thoughts. We'll talk about the matches. We'll talk about the Road 2 episode. Cody versus Sammy Guevara. This was built up on Road 2 AEW with the Cody promo, which uh, didn't really build it up because he immediately said, we're going to be talking, I should be talking about Sammy Guevara, but let's talk about Chris Jericho. He puts over Jericho's career. He says, everyone laughed when we first heard about the Judas effect, but now it's knocked out two people, including two of my best friends. So nobody's laughing now. That was great. Uh, and then I didn't actually see this, but I guess Jericho called Dusty Rhodes a son of a bitch in some promo. And Cody says he refuses to like get worked up by this because it's lazy. It just uh, He didn't think it was a good promo. He says, plus, you're not wrestling my dad. You're wrestling me, and I'm the son of a bitch. And then he closes by saying, don't forget the belt. So we really don't get anything to build Cody versus Sammy Guevara except for this story that's bubbling underneath that what if Cody overlooks Sammy? So I think that's kind of what they're building toward here. But what do you guys think about this match going into the debut? Uh, I particularly liked the part of Cody's promo here where he just said that I was lazy on behalf of Jericho because uh, that was the thing that rang most true about this promo really is the, yeah, it's fucking WWE status, you know, make fun of the dead guy, insult the dead people, and oh, I'm a huge heel now. It uh, sucks ass. And Cody's correct that its biggest flaw isn't that it's offensive or anything. It's that's just fucking lazy. It's like these comedians with Netflix specials called Triggered, where they go out and say whatever shit they're not supposed to, and all the idiots in the front row, their face lights up because they heard somebody say a bad word. It's just lazy shit. Um, but yeah, the, the story here really seems to be that uh, Cody is now kind of looking past Sammy and looking ahead to Jericho. Um, and, and, you know, it makes sense. They've been building a feud up really since the Road 2 started with uh jericho coming in and sitting at cody's desk and banging around the office and all that stuff i do kind of miss the uh the workplace comedy drama parts of road two that we had in the early episodes uh and they've done a good job with sammy i think uh not in this episode but in previous road twos talking about how much uh this match would mean to him if he were to win it and the opportunity it is to him so you know i guess if i were to to plot this out the story should be that cody you know takes it for granted that he's better than sammy and and can't put him away as quickly as he would like to. Sounds a little reminiscent of the Darby Allen match. Um, but, uh, you know, we'll see if Sammy's able to impress. Yeah. And 
they did a good job on this promo talking about so Cody has won two very big matches in AEW. He beat his brother and then he beat Sean Spears. But he's also taken the pen in one in a tag match. And then he had a time limit draw in a match where he, for at least with the way they're booking it, that he should have had no problem with Darby Allen. Like it's it with how they've booked there and how Cody's position, he took the match for granted there. So totally what Nate's saying that the big storyline here is Cody overlooking Sammy. And I forget if it's through this or through something else talking about what would happen if Cody lost this match about his position at the pay-per-view. And for business sense, it's not necessarily a good thing for him to lose this match and lose the title shot, but at least for the continuity and the stress being put on wins and losses, it would be certainly something of, oh, Cody's title shot in Baltimore at, at full gears at balance here. So I, I feel like that they did a, a good job there other than, you know, I think Cody's one of the best promos they had, and he cut another good promo about Jericho. And I loved how the lighting changed and the the camera angle changed when he said, "Don't forget your belt again." I thought that was all really well done. I thought this was a pretty strong segment, and for the match that's going to lead off the show, it's going to have immediate stakes. It's going to immediately have one of your cornerstone wrestlers in Cody. You're going to have a big up and comer in Sammy Guevara, and it just makes sense. Like as much as we love the trios matches, like the hot trios match to kick off the show. It makes sense in another way to have a match like this here. So I'm looking forward to it. It also might work out and play into, well, out of Cody's weaknesses in that they can put Sammy on top in this match. Cody doesn't have to kind of beat Sammy down like he did Darby, which kind of made parts of that match drag. And instead you can really feature Sammy's offense and let him kind of get over on Cody. And then Cody has to maybe come back at the end to win. Yeah, would love to see a bunch of uh, dives and flips and shit onto Cody to to kick the TV off of the bang. We know he's a good base, Cody. So, I mean, that could really work here. Okay, MJF versus Brandon Cutler is the next match we're going to talk about. And the way they built this on Road 2 was pretty uh, effective, especially if you haven't watched all the BTEs, because what they did was essentially edit out uh, some old BTEs and, and throw them in here. Uh, it starts with, we see Brandon Cutler talking about meeting the Bucks when he was about age 12, finding out that there was a family in the neighborhood that had a wrestling ring in the backyard. Uh, he talks about stopping wrestling for seven to eight years, which we've heard about previously on BTE. But we see his wife. I don't think we've had an interview with his wife before, so that was interesting. She says that uh, she actually met Brandon Cutler by seeing him in a wrestling montage video, which I wanted to hear much more about. We didn't get any more yeah. <laughs> That, that, that was the thing that I was like, yeah. okay, was she watching a, a PWG teaser reel, like back reel early when they did it before they took off? Like there was a lot here that they could have really gotten into that they did. Yeah. And that disappointed me. Maybe later. Uh, so she said she would always ask if you wanted to get back into wrestling. And then we see the bit from BTE where they told Cutler they were bringing him over to do voiceovers for the Casino Battle Royale. And instead, you know, the, the, hit was, or the, that's not the right word, but you know what I mean. The payoff was that he would read out loud that they were actually offering him a contract. So uh, <laughs> since they played up on the previous episode, like them buying a new house, it was funny to hear his wife say like, uh, we had this really terrible house before. And so my first thought was, I was just so excited we could maybe get a new house. Then we see Cutler watching the MJF promo of MJF saying that Cutler's just a guy and Cutler kind of pushes back on that a little bit. And he says, yeah, well, maybe you can talk about me being 
uh, favorite of the Bucks, but you know he's supposed to be Cody's best friend, so that's how maybe he's getting where he is. And then he's going to show MJF that he's actually the superior athlete and talent. I think that's a weird way to go with this uh, story because I don't think MJF looks like a superior athlete to Brandon Cutler. I mean, he's a more successful wrestler. His his arms are really big. Oh, he's big. Yeah, really big big arms. That's, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, So I'll I'll buy it on that point. I mean, Cutler's going to look a lot taller than him probably in there. But yeah. And he's in good shape. And he's got, yeah, the more uh, uh, known wrestling career to this point. Uh, Brandon Keller did used to have a nice head of hair on that guy. And those old, I saw that. On that old footage. Well, how much of PWG have you all seen of that era when it was the Cutler Brothers? None of that era. So it's uh, It sounds old. Yeah, no, this was way before like the peak PWG. But the two of them are or were looked identical i don't know if they're identical twins but they looked identical there and they each had like the really long flowing head of hair and the very sculpted goatee and they and basically they they were jungle gyms for the bucks to jump and land on and do moves it was very obvious like at the time we didn't know their history but it was obvious that they had such like long chemistry like that there so i thought that was really kind of cool that they were going back and showing these clips from him from back then yeah this is a match i'm really worried about as far as it just being not very good? I think it's going to be fine. Uh, MGF's going to promo first and get heat. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm interested to see what Cutler is able to do. Obviously, he has a lot of wrestling experience. Um, you know, he's got an athlete's build and everything. Uh, has been fine in the Battle Royals that we've seen him in. Um, and, hey, uh, you know, the wife guy is really big in wrestling right now, like Johnny Gargano's top guy in NXT Seth Rollins is like the worst uh, WWE champion ever, but he's a top guy on Raw. So maybe Cutler can be like the wife guy for AEW. All right, next up is Riho versus Nyla Rose. There was, again, a lot of focus on this in the road to AEW on TNT. We saw, which I'm pretty sure we've seen before, a clip of Omega talking about how he was disenchanted with wrestling at, at some period. Then he discovered Joshi. He started training, teaming with, learning from Joshi wrestlers. And so when AEW happened, he decided it was time to bring Joshi to the United States, but we do see some new interviews with Riho and Nyla Rose. The Riho parts were sent, were pretty similar to stuff she said before, you know, just like when fans see her, they don't expect much of her or from her because she's so little, but all her training because she's so little has been focused on getting tougher. And so fans eventually expect more from her. Uh, I thought this was funny. She said after this match was decided, she teamed with Kenny in the tag matches where, you know, that Michael Nakazawa, et cetera. And she says that the point of that was to help her deal with bigger, stronger opponents. I really like that retconning, or I don't even know if it's retconning, but I liked it. Interesting. Uh, and then uh, the Nyla parts of the video were her saying, yeah, I know Riho says she's been fighting since she was age nine in wrestling, but I've been fighting my whole life against poverty, against society, trying to be who I am. She says that she, it's because she's black, Native American, and trans, and she's had to be engaged in that fight. This was like the most direct mention of her gender identity which i thought was interesting uh, but it was also paired with there was a big washington post article this week that talked about how aw was going to differentiate itself from wwe on diversity and inclusion and specifically mentioned uh, nyla and her gender identity so this was all good um they've kind of done everything they can for this match so now i'm just ready to see it yeah i'm interested to see who gets um the bigger reaction here in the match because uh, Nyla has sort of uh, been positioned as the monster, which is often more of a heel role, but they've 
you know, uh, put a lot of money in the bank as far as introducing the fans to uh, the identity of the character behind Nyla Rose and the individual, uh, you know, that's playing Nyla Rose. Or, you know what I mean? The Road 2 it's always do a great job of giving you the human story behind the wrestlers. Um, so I'm interested to see, like, uh, I don't, I guess we're, we should probably just divorce ourselves from the idea that there's going to be a face and heel all the time. Uh, but I'm just interested to see who the crowd gets behind. Um, it, also, I thought it was cool that you shouted out that she's that, like came from fighting poverty. Cause that, you know, you don't also don't always hear that in a wrestling context all the time either. Uh, one th- thing I thought was weird was they showed Riho in the ring before her match um, from all out, like obviously yeah. working out the double stomp spot and was like wearing an AEW coat and like, you know, mm-hmm. doing a little, like, okay, yeah, I'll jump off the turnbuckle here and do the stomp here, which is like funny because you're really like blending the realities here. Like she's talking about, oh, you know, she's bigger and stronger and I have to get tougher and I've been working to get tougher. And like the way they show us her getting tougher is like working out planned spots <laughs> in a fake match. It's like kind of goofy. Yeah, th- this was something that that was something that kind of piqued me, Nate, when I when I saw that. I was like, okay, I, I understand like this is a good B-roll to use there. But the, the thing that kind of bothered me, and I get why they're doing this now, and I get why that he is someone that has really made this division kind of his focal point, at least as his executive role, is how long are we going to have Kenny constantly doing the same promo? about the Joshi and not letting them stand on their own because it seems like that each time that there has been something other than I think last week's Riho sit down interview, there's always been Kenny talking about it and framing it around Kenny. And I think you need to let the women stand for themselves, especially someone like Riho, which I understand why you're going to TV, why you have Kenny Omega out there going like, Hey guys, this is a very important thing for me. So it should be important for you all because it's very important in my per- my progression but i feel like he that it's an issue like differentiating themselves and being able to to get aboard on their own merits because as we saw with like the riho and hakarashita match when it, when it came to that apron double stomp the crowd was responding like like they they do get over with this and i'm just hoping for that to be something that they change about going forward like the rest of it i completely co-signed with nate and aaron about that but that was just something that kind of irked me about this video at least this part this portion of row two dynamite yeah i think you kind of hit on what i think the issue is is that they're just assuming that there might be a new audience for the road twos at this moment going into the tv so trying to uh, prime them and i wouldn't be shocked to see something like this on tv Mm -hmm. with kenny talking about it once we really get going yeah i'm just hoping that when we get to like week six and seven that it's not constantly the Kenny featuring the Joshi like that. That's just my hope out of this. Kenny is like Stephanie McMahon. And he's right. Like, yeah. yeah. Every Joshi. Joshi wrestling. Or, <laughs> or like how Brooke Hogan was booking the uh, knockouts in TNA. Like, like we do like let them stand on their own merits. They definitely can do it by themselves. All right. And the newest match announced for TV, presumably the last match announced, it was announced on this road Two episode. Hangman page taking on Pac. Uh, this is, a surprise, I think. Uh, we talked last <laughs> week that he wasn't on the posters. Pac wasn't on the posters. That we weren't sure how much he would be on TV. And basically, every time Mike Spears <laughs> talks about how he doesn't think Pac's going to be around, 
The motherfucker I, shows right up. So, so I should just keep on saying that Pac is going to be is never going to show up this promotion again. He's going to go back to Dragon Gate and doing random European indies. That's what I should be doing, apparently. Because he's my, definitely never going to win the title. He's definitely never going to win the title. He's definitely not going to be on Monday, the first TV. He's definitely not probably going to beat Hangman Page on Wednesday. Like Pac's not going to do this. I did like the fact that. We all now know that it is PAC. It's something that I didn't know for 13 years, but now that's the thing we're going with now. With that, I mean, Tony made sure to mention that his name was PAC. So I, I'm stoked about this. Like he's he is someone that up until he left Dragon Gate and all the things here, he was my wrestler of the year. I feel like that he no one gets the idea of their character so well. And having him against Hangman Page, who I feel like does not have such a character yet, I think that could only help help page because pack has been someone who's been doing this with wrestlers who were more raw more questionable and were had a bigger step to make than hangman page in theory should have be trying to make here to superstardom so i'm stoked about this match i think this is a match that is a very smart one and you know for someone like pack to be able to do this maybe he's going to be around more than i expected yeah and i talked last week that i was worried about the in-ring portion of this show and this match should do the trick as far as like if there's going to be a heavy wrestling uh, work rate type match, it should easily be this one. And it gives an opportunity for the Hangman Page story to continue and for it to be introduced to a wider audience of him, like maybe not quite being ready for uh, the top of the card. I expect Pac to win here. I will maybe try one day to say Pack, but that's very hard for me at this point. Uh, but Regardless, I expected this is going to be great. So I'm. This got me more excited, absolutely, than I was before. Yeah, I think this was a smart add to this show, as as far as having like a big time, you know, featured work rate match between two of your top guys to show what the high level singles wrestling can be in this promotion, because you didn't have that until this point. Um, and hopefully, it's also a match that like uh, draws some eyeballs and that you know uh, more casual people are looking to see. Um, but yeah, I have to imagine Pac wins here. Uh, he beat Kenny Omega. If they just had him turn around and lose to Hangman Page, it, it would get the opposite reaction that you want at that point. Because then they're going, oh, they're you know they they're obsessed with this Hangman Page guy. It's going to start working against him in that regard. Um, so yeah, you know, uh, good to see that Pack is going to be more regular than we feared. I think. Damn! Just last week, Nate said he was going to stick with Pac, and then he just waylays me immediately. Uh, yeah, I just uh, I, I zigged because you zagged, and I just wanted to make sure that you were the odd man out. Well, that's a common feeling. The Bucks and Kenny Omega are going to take on Jericho, Chris Jericho, and two mystery partners, which I think everyone knows at this point is going to be Santana and Ortiz. So do we think this is still going to close the show, right, even though the Hangman Page pack match has been announced? Yeah, I think so. I, they made every indication that it will close the show and that Cody and uh, Sammy Guevara will open it. Are you? I yeah, mean, it's it. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see Santana and Ortiz in this environment. Uh, and the, this is going to be super over in the building. Yeah. The crowd's going to love this, I bet. But I'm like, I just kind of am bored by, by all this. I don't know. It's something that it's important to have the, the elite like the original elite and then having Jericho in their first main event, of course, like that makes total sense. You want to get 
the Bucks up there. You're going to get Kenny up there. And, of course, now you have the thing of Santana and Ortiz that they attack them at All Out. So it, it all makes sense. And progressing, progressing from show to show, don't have much problem with it. But it just kind of also feels like that having these mystery partners just kind of be one kind of like known and two, they're not making big hints about it or anything like that on any of their footage. So there's, it's not, it's kind of been just left to the side and there's not been a whole lot of promotion this match. So I get the idea of being underwhelmed about it. It's not necessarily out of boredom, I guess, like you are AB, but I just feel like that it's uh for a match that's supposed to be their first main event, this has not been treated in their programming like it is the main event. Yeah, it seems more like a you know fun all-star match kind of thing. Um, the kind of wrestling fan logic where you twist yourself into knots would be like, oh, well, they've made it too obvious out of Tallyx, so it has to be somebody else, right? Like, oh, Jericho <laughs> said he was filming promos with them, and I guess uh, Shivani referred or gave it away on what happens when his Conrad vs. podcast or whatever. Um, but no, I, I, it is a little curious that they haven't just announced who it is now that we know EYFBO is in this promotion. Also, they didn't get a huge pop at all out. I'm not sure that they will get a huge pop coming out as mystery partners on this show. So I'm just not sure what purpose it serves, I guess. Other than, I mean, it's not going to like blindside the bucks. You're not going to like bring them out later, like in the match, you know, it's not like, uh, Sting starting without Luger, you know, for the first <laughs> 10 minutes of the match or whatever, you know, it's, uh, so it's, I don't know. It'll be interesting. We'll see what happens. The only other thing we know about this show is that John Moxley is going to appear live. So we'll see uh, what his involvement is going to be. And I'm sure that's going to be used largely to build up to uh, his match at full gear with Kenny Omega. So are there any, well, there's got to be a surprise on this show, right? Somebody's sure. got to show up that we don't know is in AEW yet. Yeah, yeah. but the, the WWE has taken all the fun out of it and signed all the people to big money contracts. So <laughs> Luke Harper's off the board. Rusev's off the board. Gallows and Anderson are off the board. Um, Ring of Honor is going to pay Matt Taven a million dollars so that he doesn't jump ship, <laughs> um, which you know, is a huge blow to this promotion, obviously. <laughs> Sam Soundhaven's coming up on Friday, guys. I, I I don't know who they I don't know what is left on the board. It unless it's uh it's, it's somebody from New Japan, which is not yeah likely. It's just it's something that really I, one of the like last like big names, and even I would argue how much of a big name he is, was taken off the board today with John Morrison re-signing with WWE. So the, the chance of having Johnny Dynamite or Johnny Elite is now gone as well. And it, it's something that like you, you, you just expect they would have to have like some big stinger to go off the air with because of how they've done these big end of show things so far. And it's just, who have they been setting on? And it's just something that like, I don't expect anyone from WWE to outright contract to just like go, Nope, we don't care. We're going to invalidate our contract. We're just going to show up there. So it's going to be interesting because John Moxley appearing at 957 is not going to be it. Like you need something else now. And I, I, I've been anti CM Punk in this promotion ever since the get. So that's like the only name and that's a difficult thing here. So it'll be interesting to see go forward. Yeah. I just, I'll, I'll be surprised if there isn't a surprise on this, uh, on this show. 
All right. The only stuff we left out of the road to AW on TNT was uh, a surprise. A surprise. It was hey hey, it's Conrad. Conrad yeah, maybe Conrad. maybe he's the surprise for the first TV. AEW <laughs> oh, is the Conradison. Yeah, he'll start just slinging mortgages live on TV. Uh, they just kind of did a breakdown. The only interesting thing I thought about this was, and we kind of talked about this already, but they were talking about Cody versus Jericho at Full Gear, and Mike mentioned the talk about. Well, Cody's taking a fall. He went to a time limit with Darby Allen. I just thought that's a good example of how they can talk about wins and losses mattering. And as long as they keep it in in that road of like, wait, what kind of confidence does Cody have going into this match considering the struggles that he's already had? Like, I think uh, that could work out well. But otherwise, that was everything from road to AEW on TNT. Uh, let's get into a little Wednesday night war talk. NXT. I know. NXT uh, last night, Wednesday night, we record on Thursday, of course, down about 15% in viewers. They went from 1.179 million to 1.006 million. This is just a friend of the show, Rovert tweet, so I'm not sure where it came from, but he reports that the 50 plus demo increased from 0.47 to 0.48 and the 18 to 49 demo decreased from 0.43 to 0.32. So... This seems bad all around for NXT. Yep, this was I saw these numbers too from Show Buzz Daily. They are the pretty much go-to rating website about this. And the 15% drop from week one to week two isn't a surprising thing. The 25% drop from 18 to 49, which there's been a few things about that on the show that I have kind of hammered home is how important the 18 to 49 demographic is for advertisers. That dog won't hunt. You can't have drops like that. You can't be having only 320,000 uh, people in your prime demographic there when you ha- have such a big issue as a promotion and getting new fans and having the 50 plus go up. Do you know who advertises for 50 plus guys? Uh, dick pills. Whatever's on Fox News. Whatever's on Fox News, which is mostly like my pillow, life insurance, and the general auto insurance. I know this because that's what that's who advertises on the ACC network, and that's where <laughs> that's what all Miami's playing on. So yeah, this is the percentage drop doesn't surprise me. The uh, demographics, though, that's that's the one that people should keep an eye on. And I'm going to keep my prediction I said a couple weeks ago, where I said that if I was going to do a confidence interval of what band do I expect it to be about, I still think it's going to be between eight hundred thousand and a million too. I think that one million is that mark as we're seeing from NXT. That's possible and i can see that the high end there it gets 1.2 but i just 1.5 and higher just seems a little rational if it's 800 if it's below 800,000 then they have some decisions to make and have to consider what's going on with the promotion nate i know you recently it's might have been in a dm but i know you recently said you could see as high as 1415 where are you today going into the first week um yeah stick by that that sounds fine okay nate's going big not that big. Yeah, one four isn't that big. I think it's pretty big, honestly. Like, I don't know. I'm more in the I'm more in the mic area. Um, I mean, only people who have to deal with like the awful people on Twitter are going to care about this. But for me, like, they have to be above a million, or it's just going to be insufferable <laughs> on the internet. 
But as long as they do, I agree with Mike. If they do over 800, I think that's a fine number. And uh, they'll have room to grow. I mean, we're seeing NXT dropping already. That's that's concerning. I think as long that's, as... That's really funny. It's so funny that like, it just immediately started getting older from week two on. That's so yeah. funny. Well, you know, I, I, I listened to Joe Lanza's review of that show, and it just seemed to me they didn't do anything special, like anything that would make you excited about what's happening going forward. So I guess I'm not surprised that they didn't... People didn't run back to see what did they do last night, Kushida and the and Breeze Dango. Yeah. I mean, dancing, dancing Kushida, you know, he's been there for less than two months and now he's dancing. He Did, loves to have fun. Yeah. Just to give you a sense, Nate, uh, a rating of that, that high with the exception of what's on Fox news, like a 1.5 would be one of the top three shows on outside of news coverage on cable. If they get like a one five on Wednesday, I'm looking at the top 25 from last night and that would be something if they pulled it off there because it just doesn't happen that often especially without like sports games on there. So that's a bull claim, my friend. Good thing. This is a sports game. <laughs> I mean, that's what WWE has been trying to market their, their guys as, and it's not necessarily worked out for them. So, I mean, and NXT just for a pure ranking thing, they went from fourth last week to eighth, and now they're adding an extra hour of TV. So yeah, that's going to be interesting. I just, I would have no faith in NXT not getting Vince's hands all over it and looking like a massive fail for Triple H going forward. Like, it's just, how could they be so happy about it? Other than they're just getting cash straight from USA Network because USA felt spurned by Fox a little bit. So, yeah, they have no qualms about, um, you know, selling out all the meaning and importance of their actual programming and content in exchange for more money. So, you know, I, that that NXT is the 400th hour of WWE on in a month. You know, they get paid for it, so I'm sure they don't care. All right, there was some news this week about AEW's TV deal in the UK. We have learned since that the news wasn't actually supposed to be reported yet, but somebody on the ITV Twitter account got excited and, and posted, which has happened to all of us, and AEW was forced to respond to it. So as it stands today, AEW is going to be on ITV, but not until Sunday at 8.20 a.m., and then a one-hour edited version of the show will air on Monday. So that's all very bad, especially considering that I saw a video going around with all like the worst people on the internet of Cody saying how big this uh, deal on ITV was going to be, that it was going to be better than WWE's deal. Uh, but we did find out after that that AEW also has a deal with Fight TV that they are going to show Dynamite live and replays for $4.99 a month, or $2.99 per episode. This subscription package is going to be called AEW+. Plus. Uh, anybody outside the U.S. and Canada will be able to get that. So, I don't know, general thoughts about... They say they're still working on this, that they're hoping to have a better time slot. Yeah. But any thoughts about the uh, U.K. TV deal? Yeah, this is bad. I don't think there's a way to look at it. I know that there was someone from the Torch, I think his name is Will Cooling, that pretty much got into it with Tony Khan today about this and tony then was that's how tony mentioned about the over eager gentleman at itv dropping the news about this earlier and it's just one of those things that like i looked up just because like when this first got announced like what are the parameters of because we call the united states safe harbor laws but in the uk they call it watershed about when you can have certain kind of programming available there and it's a lot more strict in the uk about 
when you're able to have these kind of programming, especially from international sources. And game put at 820 is not going to be on anyone's watershed or safe harbor on Sunday. And the big thing that gets me is ITV is still going to be their pay-per-view provider, we assume, going forward in the UK and Ireland. How are you going to be a, a good pay-per-view provider if you're going to be showing the TV less than, I'm trying to think of the time frame there. The shows usually have started 8 o'clock Eastern for that. That's five hours ahead of time. So that's 2 a.m. Oh, no, it's 1 a.m. I don't know that. But it's how are you going to be showing the show that's supposed to be the go-home show for? They're, they're moving it. Dave said that they're on, the, on, on pay-per-view weeks, which okay. is only four times a year. They're going to move it in front of the pay-per-view, so which, gonna- is, which, which is going to be confusing. The viewers are going to be like, oh, I don't know where to fucking find the show this week. But or, they, did, they did say they have a plan for that, I suppose. Or they're going to be like turning into it and you're expecting your, your fans to watch six hours of wrestling four times a year. So it, it's kind of a loss there. Fight TV doing that like little bundle package, I think that's pretty great. I like it. I wish that they made that more available for this, but it makes sense why this why they wouldn't have it in the U.S. considering the people who are fronting all the production for this is Warner Media. So they're not going to let you just cut in on your your chart, cut in on there. But but I would say five dollars a month, given your your economic situation, for eight hours of TV wrestling TV is pretty okay. So I'm okay with that. And uh, yeah, just for how much they bandied this about, this is there's no way you can't take this as underwhelming at best or a massive loss at worst. Yeah, honestly, I don't have cable, so like my, I was looking at, oh, should I fucking, you know, pay another ten bucks a month just so I can watch TNT on the big screen? Um, and and my, I might just get a VPN and and get on Fight for five bucks a month. I won't have to watch insane American television ads. Presumably, they'll just have you know throw you like one of those uh, ESPN three weight screens. That'd be fine for me. Um, but yeah, this. Uh, if the remember Meltzer has been saying, Oh, you know, everything I've heard from the advertising industry, from the uh, principals involved here, uh, suggests that there was going to be a third live airing in addition to these other two airings. Um, and it sounds like maybe they're still working on that. Uh, so, uh, they've got to hope they work that out. If they work that out, then I, I don't see any complaints because then you have the live airing, you've got the you know, weird morning airing, and then you have an airing on ITV prime, which is like one of the major, you know, three networks in the country, uh, which would be great for getting some more casual eyeballs on it. But if they don't work that out and people have to wait more than three days to see the last television show, that's uh, old wrestling and I'm out. We also learned this week that AEW has hired impacts entire production team. Uh, Kevin Sully TV, I guess after uh, Anthem uh, came in at some point, they tried to, work out a deal with Anthem. Anthem didn't want to. So AW signed them to contract. <laughs> so uh, kind of just took everybody. And now Impact is is uh, struggling to figure out what they're going to do when they show up on Access TV. So yeah, pretty fascinating. I, I haven't watched Impact like almost ever. So I have no idea what it looks like, but I've always understood that they had good production values. So should be a, a positive. The things that I've heard about Kevin Sullivan production, like the overall outfit is that they're pretty well done. Like they, they, they put out good stuff, especially considering what the content was and the price they were dealing with there. But 
I've not heard so many great things about Kevin Sullivan, the TV producer, as a person. So I don't know necessarily. I know that our good friend Rovert has been tweeting about this a little bit today. So that's someone that I don't know necessarily I'd want to be heading my truck. I know that Keith Mitchell, who's been a wrestling lifer, I didn't know until today that he was doing stuff back in world-class days, is still there. But he's worked with Kevin Sullivan. So, you know impact and access they have a whole bunch of problems going ahead for them but i think that the fact that w that aew was able to go reach out and buy a, a tv production company for this was a pretty smart move especially in comparison to training people in the job so that's good at least to be clear this kevin sullivan is not the rest no, of this sullivan. is not the famous kevin sullivan booker man guy not the guy who murdered crispin Law's family this is somebody else completely we also uh, learned this week that Turner is considering doing a studio show for AEW, probably going to be on BR Live. Here's what I have to say about this. A, they should hire us to do it. <laughs> B, if they don't, there's no chance I'm watching this. <laughs> My dear, yeah, I'm not bro. watching another hour, I don't think. This is not going to be wrestling. It's just going to be, be uh, this. I mean, that's good. Content is good. Uh, but yeah, this uh, the ultimate... Uh, function of this should be, hey, now we have this additional hour. We can get some good character bits in there. We can have some good stuff to build future feuds, and then they can put it in video packages to actually integrate into the television pay-per-view. That's fine with me. But mainly, they should hire us to do it. Uh, we'd be great at it. For sure. We're so good at this. <laughs> do you know how proud my mom would be of me if I did a show of Charles Barkley? Like working with Charles Barkley, and Ooh, yeah. like that would be a big thing in the Spears family if suddenly I was working with Charles Barkley. So yeah, I, my DMs are open, Tony. Give me a shout. All right. Uh, one other quick note here. Uh, our old friend Kylie Ray is alive. She showed back up. She worked freelance wrestling in Chicago this past weekend. I, I watched some of the uh, fan cam videos and she looked like normal ass Kylie Ray. So there you go. Yeah. Um, you know, good that whatever happened didn't end her career. You know, you had all sorts of like totally unverified shit on Reddit or whatever. That's like, Oh, serious spinal injury and her next broken, like, you know, uh, uh, don't know the circumstances, but, uh, you have to look at it and be like, well, you know, it didn't kill her love of wrestling. It didn't kill her ability to perform. So, you can at least take those positives away from it. Yeah, we know for sure now that a lot of the injury rumors uh, were false, at least the severe permanent type injuries that we heard about. And uh, now who knows what the real story is. But maybe uh, maybe a friend of the promotion, David Bixon's man, will get to the bottom of it. Maybe so. Uh, I'm just I'm glad that she's not terribly injured. And uh, the rumor was that she was retiring from wrestling. So I'm, I'm glad that wasn't true. And I hope that something works out for her. All right. That's pretty much it. So you want to run down BTE for us, Nate? Yeah. Is this the last BTE rundown, do you think? Wow. That's going to be up to you, but... Uh, I think it I is, don't, right? What I do you think? I, I don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because... I, mean, I don't really care to watch it every week, so... Yeah, right. And, and we're not, we're not going to, like, you know, do in-depth, detailed recaps of the TV every week, probably. We're probably going to take a more macro look at it, so... Right doesn't make sense if we're doing that to do in-depth uh examinations of bte so well let's uh, see let's see what bte becomes i guess but i sure. think 
yeah, most likely it would seem that this will fall off from the show. Yeah, we can, you know, if something important happens on it, we can shout it out. But all right, uh, episode 171, Shots to Take and Girls to Date. Uh, it starts with the Young Bucks in a gym. They, I think if this opens with them saying they found their super kick titles, I think that's what they were referring to on the wall. They said, oh, they found something in Tennessee or, or Nashville or some shit, and it wasn't clear. I think those are the super kick titles that they lost, and they were now hanging on the wall. I didn't really get it. Anyway, uh, they also have new shoes from PWTs. Uh, so this is a bit where Nick says he's learned Photoshop and he's designed some new shirts. Uh, we've got an ongoing theme here where he didn't run it by Matt. Last week, Matt didn't run something by him. Um, and the joke here is that the shirts are bad. They are uh, very amateurish d- designs. Uh, that's a huge own of NXT and their bad shirts. Even though these were like intentionally bad shirts, they were actually better than the NXT shirts. Um, but this was, this was kind of funny just because Matt did a funny job of like selling that he's hating the shirts while still like being polite. I also love that the shirt like really fit him very poorly and he looked <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Obviously a, a test shirt for them. Yeah. <laughs> or like a slim fit. Like it definitely was like a old American apparel last shirt that he was wearing. But it's hard to like be in as good a shape as he is and then just like look that bad in a t-shirt. So congrats <laughs> to that t-shirt maker. Maybe it was a youth large. <laughs> oh, that's a callback. Um yeah, and then so anyway, Matt says, oh, yeah, no, I, I really like the shirts, whatever. And he was crossing his fingers, which they zoom in on. That was a callback to the last episode, which I don't think I talked about at all, even though the episode was named after it, um, which was that Nick put the Kenny Omega bit in the episode after telling Matt he wouldn't, but he crossed his fingers, which means you can lie or something. I never really understood that. All right, uh, we get SCU live from their last indie dates in New Jersey. Uh, they got some box that they're opening together. Scorpio Sky wants uh, some new Kobe's, even though uh, Kobe's terrible at basketball, barely top 15 of all time, as uh, Bleacher Report revealed today. And I'm, I think that's a little generous, to be honest. Wow. I hope TJP doesn't listen. It's a big Kobe fan. Oh, yeah. You never heard yeah. of that. Okay. No, I didn't hear about TJP's Kobe <laughs> fandom. But that's, you I know, on, on, brand, <laughs> on brand for him to think Kobe's good. Uh, oh no, he but he will like run you down on Twitter if you say anything bad about Kobe. It's very funny. Remember when Kobe scored like fifty points on eighty shots in his final game or something? Yep. I was at a Kobe game in Charlotte where he was thinking he could go for a hundred, so he kept on like drawing out, and it was just like one of the most ridiculous games. Like he finished with sixty three, but it was one of the most ugly sixty threes. Like I walked away from the game going, "Am I supposed to be impressed with this? You just kind of just went." Give me the ball. It just was ridiculous. All right. Um, but, 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 so they're opening a box. It's got uh, some Tarzan comics. It's got a doll, which Kaz finds like gross and holds it away from him, which kind of amused me. And there's a dinosaur toy. They figure out that this means that they're wrestling uh, the team of Jurassic Express and Marco again, or a boy, a boy, and his dinosaur again. Uh, a little funny banter where Kaz seems to be legitimately freaked out just by Marco's existence which was amusing. They put an actual laugh track on this segment uh, for some reason. I'm guessing it was just so awkward without the laugh track that they figured they'd double down on the awkwardness and make it obvious with the laugh track. Uh, so that was announced for DC. I believe that's a dark match. I believe that's our first announced dark match is uh, SCU versus this team of Jurassic Express plus Marco Stunt. Okay, so you'll get the crowd hyped up with this match already and they'll be primed for 
when the show starts. Oh, yeah, that tracks. That works. And I, I think Nick Jackson also tweeted that there would be a dark match after the show. He did. So stay tuned, I suppose. All right. And then we get a private party segment. Uh, the premise of this was, uh, again, probably a little better than the execution, kind of an ongoing theme with the television show here. Uh, but they're pretending basically to be doing an Instagram live. Uh, they have these fake comments that are popping up from Beyonce and Mariah Carey and uh, Drake, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you know, saying they're big private party fans. Uh, somebody asks if they, uh, it's like Young Bucks fan one two three asks if they should be partying right now or like actually getting ready for the Young Bucks and the tag team tournament, uh, which they kind of react poorly to. Uh, they have cool sunglasses that uh, print text across them here. Uh, there's a Marty Scroll comment um, saying that the Bucks have changed since they started making real money, which is something that private party says. Uh, and then finally, they go to the one other person in this party with them, which is a girl standing behind them with a bottle of champagne, and they uh, enjoy some of the champagne here. Uh, again, kind of, uh, it's uh, it's kind of a, I don't know. I'm more inclined to look at these guys like the soft-spoken guys we saw in their Road Two behind the scenes video, and then they're doing like this very big sort of boisterous party act, and it's a little discordant. They should have filmed this in the NYC arena. Just my opinion. All private party. It's a funny little building. All private party vignettes should be in that building. <laughs> Hog headquarters. Oh, yeah. I mean, wasn't there that like the, the original like party footage, which is definitely shot at the NYCW arena or the New York arena? Wasn't that a thing that they did as well? All right. We get the young bucks. They are working out. Um, I concluded that this must be their own gym because they have a framed photo of them at the TNT red carpet thing. And they do acknowledge that later. So um, Brandon Keller is also there working out with them. Uh, and they are responding to basically that comment in the private party video that they've changed because they started making money. Um, Brandon Keller is pretty much like, yeah, I mean, you guys are making a lot more money now. Um, they talk about Brandon Keller shouts out that their PWI 500 uh, rankings dropped like 30 spots and they've lost a chip on their shoulder. Uh, Nick gets actually mad about the PWI comment. Like that's a low blow, which was kind of a funny, funny joke. Um, and then Keller's like, ah, there goes one of my contracts. So two, two contract colors going to get over here. All right. And then um, really the most controversial segment of the show, the ongoing segments where Kenny is melting down and beats email bag starts with him hanging out in front of all of his toys uh, there's one that's blurred out on the left. I can't imagine what toy they had to blur out. Um, and then maybe there's also like New Day or something. Okay, maybe. Yeah, he might. I could see him owning the the New Day figures. That would make sense. Uh, and then anyway, they show that uh, he has a original elite group chat with the Bucks, and he's like, "Hey, I'll do a BT mailbag segment this week," and they're not having it. Uh, uh, to the side of him here also is a PWI 500 cover with him on it. Uh, and the funny tagline, how long until the world's best wrestler is stolen by WWE? Uh, I should uh, just take this moment to appreciate the fact that now that there are 2.5 major league promotions in the United States for the uh, you know uh, short-term future at minimum, we don't have to have every fucking article with an independent wrestler be like, so what are you going to WWE? Like, at least they can actually say, hey, when are you going to WWE or AEW? Or is it going to be AEW or WWE? That fucking always annoyed me when it was like, you could have... Anybody in the world, and some Justin Parasso idiot would interview them and be like, so when's uh, WWE coming? Anyway. Hey, that is former Evolve commentator for an FIP world title match, Justin Parasso. 
put some respect on his name. I won't. I refuse. I really oh. wanted to get into Richard Deitch's uh, mentions when he had a roundtable with <laughs> fucking uh, Meltzer and I forgot who the other person was and Barrasso. Next. I love when I click on like a, a blue checkmark post and like there's already an epitasis reply in there. It's like it happens rarely, but it does happen. And I just was, there, like, was there a recent one that made you think of that or no, but I just remember at least two or three times clicking on one and just there being like a fuck <laughs> you or like shut the fuck up nerd. Actually, you know, so like that's that. that's an amateur mistake because that's what gets you banned is if you just uh weighed in with the you know, profanity into the replies. You have to be more creative yeah. about it. Sure. Anyway, uh, da, 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 Kenny Toys. Um, so if he, he's doing a whole thing here where he says, talking about how he's in character at times. And he says, whether I'm in character or not, I need to apologize for humiliating myself on social media and et cetera. This is, I guess, a reference to the uh, Twitter controversy where he said that the NXT guys are developmental. And then Donovan Dijak got mad. Um, so he basically, he does this whole, you know, uh, media training apology and then they do a fake cut and he, you know, basically is now talking to Nakazawa and saying, Oh no, you know, that was, those idiots are all going to buy that fake apology. What a bunch of dummies. Um, he talks about all the burner accounts of wrestlers and his mentions and, you know, they're all mad because the wrestlers are even bigger marks than the people in the seats. That was kind of amusing. Uh, he calls Donovan a lanky ROH guy, which also was amusing to me. That was a good burn. I like fun, that. Yeah, funny to use ROH as like a way to insult people. <laughs> uh, and he calls him Donovan Dickhead. He does a little annoying nerd voice and is like, now Triple H will push me. I'm going to get all the TV time. <laughs> that was just extremely petty and stupid and very amusing to me. Um, and, da -da, and then he's talking about the burner account, saying people are saying he's too harsh in the developmental talent. Uh, and then he's bragging so i guess the takeaway from this is he's still on meltdown mode um from his losses and now he's lashing out against uh the burner accounts on twitter and other wrestlers and etc cetera, etc cetera. i do uh you know understanding that kenny is uh, uh, probably smarter than your average wrestler and he likes to uh work a lot in interviews and stuff uh, it's amusing to see him like integrate his perception from certain corners of Twitter where he's always melting down and mad on Twitter and all this shit. It's funny to see him bake that into his character. Uh, you know, the, uh, other than the uh, Donovan Dijak nerd voices didn't do a whole lot for me as a promo to build this guy up for a uh, big spot on television or anything though. Yeah. I think it's funny. Like he is definitely the type of guy who would get a big blow up of him on the cover of fucking PWI of all things. <laughs> Very funny. Uh, but I do enjoy, I mean, he's right of like these guys just losing their minds at things that he says in worked promos. It's like very funny. So, I mean, I appreciate that. Um, anyway, so it was fine. It, it was better than last week's. Yeah. On it, the, the thing that gets me, and I think this will be my, my official statement on the whole Kenny mm -hmm. being ridiculous and this kind of stuff and him doing these things is he is Oh, he he was right here. At least the character Kenny Omega is right here about these people getting worked up. But he's also like the most worked up person in wrestling as well. Like it, it, it's it's one it's one like the most actually mad person makes the most actually mad but right statement. So like of course like like you watch this and yeah, Kenny is someone like this, but Kenny's also someone that is willing to go to the Tokyo sports interviews, proclaim himself like the best wrestler of all time. So it's it, it, it's fine. Like this was a lot better than the 
dumb fake drunk one last week versus the one the the first one he did, which was the Connor O'Malley one, which is still the best one he did. So the end. All right. Well, uh, now don't don't X out just yet because sometimes we do. Uh, last week we did some pretty goofy banter after the plugs, so you just never know. But make sure you're following us on Twitter at everything AEW. We're gonna be. I don't know what we're going to be doing during the TV show, but you'll find out if you follow us. And uh, Of course, we'll be back next week to break down the very first episode of AEW TV. Uh, you can follow me at Aaron Like the Car, Nate at Epitasis, Mike at Fuji Heya. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast to get our review of the show. Uh, rate and review this show. Get on the podcast app, five-star rating. Give us a review. Sponsor the show, redcircle.com slash show slash everything dash elite. That's in the show notes also, so you can just click that and uh, give us your money for our labor. That's all we're saying. <laughs> uh, so that's it. We I don't think we have any funny banter for after the plugs this time. You guys got anything? No, I used all my funny banter up during the show. Or talking about your lamps. I'm very proud of your redecorating efforts. I didn't get a chance to say this because I wanted you to have your time there. Yeah, it really, really made me stew in it and wait for my lamp compliments. Jeez. I, I, I mean, I know how much... So how excited Aaron gets when you get some actual banter with you. I didn't want to interrupt it. I was looking out for both my friends there. So, it was very yeah, nice. Uh, I'm excited because somehow my Konami t-shirt has made it to South Carolina. I thought it was gone for it. And I did check to make sure it actually fit. And I'm so happy to have it. And yeah, you know, that's all I got, guys. I was also prepared to talk about my burgeoning Formula One. Oh, gosh. Yeah, let's talk Formula One. one. I love Formula All right. One. I'm going to go. I'll see you. <laughs> Uh, but it didn't come up, but I, I planned on talking about it. Yeah. Maybe next time. You, yeah. I mean, I got big into Did you watch the Netflix documentary? Yes. That's how it got me into it. It's good. Go, go Charlotte clerk. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Ban cars. Yeah. I agree with banning cars. Yeah, yeah, ban, ban cars. Let's do, let's do bicycle races. But as long as we have I'm them, we should drive them as fast as we possibly can. Yeah. I've come around to it. We can be like Japan and have Karen races. Hmm. All right. That's it. See you guys next time for Dynamite! <laughs> oh, I didn't do my thing. <laughs> I was editing it there. I'm Aaron. See you next time. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.